dude, I'm loving, I'm loving what I'm seeing in this room behind you. Thank you, thank you. It looks, uh, it except looks good. for the, the big bright window. I gotta, I gotta cover this this window eventually. Yeah. Uh, but it's getting there. Yeah, I need some more yeah. wall art. I think. Dude, but uh, you could put fusion together. gels on it. You know those things that like ND filters for your windows. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. And then it would look right. <laughs> that's that's not a bad idea. <laughs> that's what we did when we shot interviews. Uh, it looked better than a curtain. That's for sure. Yeah, Kevin. Yes. I'm liking this this minimalist bed. You, you're you're going without sheets. This like a, a new that's thing. A new way, that's the new way to live. Yeah, no sheets. Yeah. no pillows. That's how men live. Maybe All right. in the future, no bed, just a floor, <laughs> just a cot. Yeah, yeah. A couple of milk crates with some cardboard on top. Ooh, right, right. Yeah, because you don't want to be touching bugs. That's Rambo first blood status right there. Um, just right. don't sleep naked on it. Whatever you so, do. I, you, why not? Why not sleep naked on it? Because yeah. what if uh, you have some spicy food the night prior and uh, Dude, are you saying you, you shit the bed? Uh, I mean, <laughs> I mean, what? come on, these things can happen. These things can happen. Oh my god, that's uh, that's terrifying. Let's let's record a podcast. Uh, Oren unfortunately couldn't make it today. He had a, a family incident that happened, so he had to sit it out. But he'll be back next recording. But we have Zach Frazier. Welcome back to the show, Zach. Yo, you know, uh, I just gotta say, Oren promised me I'd be on the fiftieth episode, and when I listened to that episode, I wasn't on that one. So <laughs> I, uh, I'm, I don't know. It's no big deal. We're, just saying. Blame him. Yeah. He's not here, so you can blame him. Yeah, yeah blame okay. Oren. Oren can take all uh, the blame. We'll, we'll send you a t-shirt. You'll definitely be on the 100th episode. Um, that's that, I'm making <laughs> sure. that promise. Kevin Johnson, welcome back. Thank you. Thanks for having me back. It's good to be here. I uh, I caught the caught the itch again. I caught the bug, so uh, I'm, I'm stoked. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and Kevin, as always, McNair, we, as we appreciate always. you. I like this uh, Wolfenstein t-shirt you've got on. It was ten dollars on the Bethesda store. They were trying to the get Bethesda rid of the store. I think no one bought Wolfenstein Youngblood, so they had all these extra. So I was like, ten dollars shipped. Hmm. Uh, I'll buy it. Why not? Yeah, yeah. I guess that, that works. So well. uh, I liked it though. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, you guys, uh, you guys want to talk about this Nintendo Direct? Sure. Yes. Who watched it? Yeah, I watched it. Okay. I didn't. Okay. I just watched the so, Bayonetta three trailer because that's all I care about. <laughs> so that's like that was for me the biggest highlight because I remember every time Nintendo would do a direct or E three or any treehouse or anything, I was always like, "Where's Bayonetta 3? If we all remember or don't remember, they they had their teaser trailer back in two thousand seventeen. So it's been a long time coming for that one. Looked good as I usual. I'm it. excited to play it. I'm slightly sad that it's only on the Switch and like the original I know. Switch because, yeah, I want like, a 4K Bayonetta. By this time, <laughs> I know, I know, and Bayonetta 2 is a 60 FPS on Switch, but it's 720p and it does look a little soft when you're playing it sometimes. It's kind yeah. of a bummer. 
So that's a bit of a bummer, but I'm sure they'll figure something out. I, I swear to God, I saw a dynamic resolution scaling in that gameplay trailer. Like when she really? was hitting the fan, it looked like there was definitely some some stuff. Either way, we all know it's going to be a good game, right? We all like Bayonetta, right? Oh, yeah. I'm looking forward to uh, uh, hair kaiju battles myself. So yes. I know. It's like it's like uh, it's like the Devil May Cry Five thing, where like you're playing a character controlling something else, but this looks like fun and not like annoying. It's it's interesting because like I think the last game that Platinum did was Astral Chain, right? And that's kind of what Astral Chain was all about was having that kind of uh, that guardian or whatever that was tethered to you, and it would do a majority of the combat where you would just oh, kind okay. of issue actions on top of that so i wonder how much it's or how similar uh bayonetta 3's kind of hair kaiju battles are, are going to be to uh, astral chain it's true I, I did you also notice that lappy was in the trailer from astral chain oh i didn't the, notice that oh that's, so that's fantastic in the beginning is dressed up as lappy so at first i thought it was maybe going to be astral chain 2 announcement i think that was like an intentional fake out that's but, cool uh, yeah I is like that, that the dog or is that it's the dog mascot from. Okay, the I was like, I have no idea what this is. It's funny, but yeah, I've <laughs> not played that one. I want to. It's the, there's a character the who dresses up as it. Station. Yeah, there's a character who dresses up uh, as it, and she like refuses to acknowledge that she is it, even though it's like extremely obvious in the game that she is Lappy. Like, there's no question. Like, she mm -hmm. always plays it serious. It's pretty funny. It's good. Um, good. I also I noticed that Bandit is dressed up with a specific outfit that looked a lot like a certain Bayonetta 1 character, which I don't want to spoil Bayonetta 1, but it just was like, huh, I wonder if this is... I don't know. There's a lot of theories I have about this trailer that things aren't as they seem, but I won't spoil that because spoilery stuff. But uh, also, for me, the big announcement was N64 games. I've been talking about wanting N64 games on the Switch for, I, you guys know, a long time, um, and that's exciting, but... Is Ocarina of Time going to be 20 FPS on it? Yes. Do we want that? <laughs> no. No, we do not. If it's a locked 20, it's fine. Yeah, a locked it's 20. Like, that's below cinematic FPS. Yeah. Uh, that's, it's at like that stop point, motion. Play the, yeah. the 3DS re-release of it at that point. Oh, yeah. yeah, because that was locked 30. I would take that. I'd be really stoked with that. What I if mean, that's also, what they put? No, it didn't. wasn't what they showed. Oh, they showed footage? Yeah. Did they say which games are coming? They did, yeah. I don't have the list in front of me, but it was a solid list. It had Star Fox, yeah. uh, Ocarina of Time. But it was Nintendo Just... games, right? Like, no, obviously no GoldenEye. No, they had uh, uh, Banjo-Kazooie. Oh. Hmm. Just emulate so this stuff. I don't know. That's my thought. <laughs> yeah, but the thing Just is, is Project 64 yeah. isn't that good. Yeah. It's not. Yeah. I don't... I have a lot of complaints at Project 64, and um, the core for, I can't think of the name of it right now, is not so good out of the other one. I, mean, I can't think Dolphin? of it, unfortunately. No. Well, you can play Ocarina of Time on Dolphin through the GameCube version. Yeah, the GameCube version. version. Yeah. And there's a 60 FPS hack on that, and it kind of oh, yeah? works. Huh. Yeah. But mm. the other thing that was announced that I think everyone's talking about is uh, the Mario movie. And, oh, yeah. and who's the first actor you think of when you think of Mario? Chris Pratt, of course, right? He's Italian. He, he's yeah, Chris Pratt. He seems extremely Mario-y. I, I was like, what the hell? <laughs> it's like the weirdest yeah. casting I've ever heard of in my life. Bizarre. It's, it's, it's kind of like, it's, I, think they, I think it'll probably work. Like Seth Rogen as Donkey Kong, like I could kind of see that. That kind of 
you know, but it just, it seems like they really Hollywoodified it, which I'm sure the studio has like demanded them to do that. But so I'm kind of like a little bummed about that because it would have been cool if they had um, Charles Martinet as Mario in the movie because he's like been voicing Mario for how many years? And Wario How old is that guy now though? Luigi. Like 70. So? Maybe. He just stands I mean, not that that's a problem, but I'm just... He doesn't like, sound he, a day older. He, he, he okay. sounds he like the 22-year-old that Mario is. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know about this movie. It's like, do we need a... What, is, what exactly does Mario bring to the silver screen? Nothing. Absolutely nothing. This is not a movie I will be watching, that is for sure. Yeah. Really? I feel the same way. What if we did like a drinking game watch out of it? Like where we have to like uh, drink every time it says threat neutralized um or it's a me a mario let's do it let's do a double feature with the, the sonic movie that came out a couple of years ago yeah too. see that's the other thing is i feel like it's gonna be like that do you think um it'll be better than the 1993 mario movie no no, no it won't <laughs> yeah, no because the 1993 at least it has like bad camp from that era that could only happen in that era um i feel like if the the new movie tries to force camp it's just it's not gonna work i think it'll be yeah. bad I agree. The old one has Dennis Hopper as well as Bowser, and that's amazing. Yeah. So no, this is illumination. Right. This is Minions people. This is going to be like a sanitized, boring kids animated movie that has big name stars, like like a Secret Life of Pets or a Sing or whatever, and it's going to mm-hmm. fly by us, and we're going to watch it and be Hard like pets. whatever. And then yeah, <laughs> let's. I want to talk a little bit more about this Nintendo sixty four games coming to their online service because like. People were complaining 10 years ago about how Nintendo's online strategy was like antiquated and awkward. And I don't think they've even caught up to where we would have expected people to be 10 years ago. Like what, what's up with their... Do you you still have to connect through your phone to be able to chat with your friends? Is that, is that still a thing on this online service? I think it is. Yeah. I remember playing Animal Crossing using it. It was very poorly integrated. It's a bummer. I have the list, by the way. Mario 64, Mario Kart 64, Star Fox mm. 64, Yoshi Story, Ocarina of Time, Winback. That's a third-party game. That's a Koei game. <laughs> Winback? Winback. I know. Winback? Mario Tennis 64, Dr. Mario 64, and another game that I can't read because it looks like the title's in Japanese. Uh, okay. But that's the launch lineup. I know Winback. When is that launch? Winback? That's a weird choice. That game kind of sucked, right? They haven't given right? dates. But it does come with an N64 controller you can buy. Oh, really? Uh, and the controller can plug into USB-C. So I'm like, oh, this might work on oh. other emulators as well. So maybe I should That's buy this. Cool. The only thing is, imagine, get, get, how hard will it be to get this controller? Is it going to be one of those things that scout bots are going to buy them all out the second they launch? Can't Probably. you get, like, I don't want to be cynical here. I'm sorry. I'm trying, to, I'm trying to be positive here. I just, I'm like, oh, it sounds so yeah, annoying. But Nintendo's, like, been holding their IP hostage forever. Like, it's it's... It's kind of ridiculous at this point that they don't just make a coherent service. Yeah. Which I and don't feel like thing, the, I'm not. The yeah. other thing I always think of, like in the back of my mind when buying Switch games, is that like this is a console with a battery in it. It will eventually die and not be usable yeah. anymore. You know, like, like, and these are cartridges and Nintendo's back and pad is usually decent, but not over more than one gen Wait, back. What do you mean this is a console with a battery in it? You're talking Switch about Switch? Switch has a battery in it. Yeah. And it will eventually oh. not be work usable because the battery will be dead. You know, it's not I mean, even docked it. Oh, will it work docked mm. without the battery? Yeah, I, don't I don't know. know. Yeah, the battery would probably it? it would probably have to have a certain amount of charge to it. Yeah, I'd uh, imagine to work it even docked. Charge. Uh, yeah. No, most. But I mean, it will charge. It'll keep it charged. I mean, the battery, I guess, could die, but like, 
even if it just like can't hold a charge, it would still play because like the dock gives it power. Like that's why you can play at 1080. Like if your phone dies and the battery is totally dead, you can't use it. You can't use it. All right. Yeah. So I'm assuming it's going to be because it is basically a tablet. I'm assuming it'll be the same kind of deal. Um, but you know, I I don't know. It's like probably not a realistic concern because by the time it dies, I'll probably be like way past it. But I like have a bunch of physical c- copies of like N sixty four re releases, and like I just bought Quake sixty four on it. I don't know. It just like slightly bothers me. Like I may not be able to use it at one point. Whereas like these Did NES you- carts are still people still play NES like hardware stuff. Like that still works now. Fine, you know. Right. Well, you gotta blow on the cartridge though. No, don't do that. I'm kidding. But oh, it Did works. you get the limited run Quake thing? <laughs> I I didn't get the full crazy package. I just got the cart. Oh man. You kind of should have got that. You I could wanted put that it, really but cool. I'm like, where am I going to put this shit? Yeah. I mean, I, I would never get it. But but you should have awesome. got it so I could come touch it and play with it. I could live vicariously through you. Mm-hmm. Um, I have so much right. regret not getting the Streets of Rage like mega pack that they released or whatever it was, the one with the, the, the figure. Uh, I think I just got the one that had like the fake Genesis clamshell, and that's it. But uh, the one with the figure is pretty sweet. I don't think you can find that one anymore. Yeah, they don't. It's always like aptly named limited run. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, it's and also, it's a small batch though. Uh, there was one other uh, that game. What's the um, Octopath developer strategy game called, Kevin? Uh, Triangle Strategy. Yes, <clears throat> I think that's the name. Kind of a weird name. <laughs> uh, I, I like. I saw the name of it, um, and I had to like go Google it afterwards because I just couldn't believe Triangle Strategy was actually. The name of this game, uh, uh, but regardless, uh, it, it looks really cool. I mean, I, I'm a big fan of uh, turn-based JRPGs, especially uh, turn-based strategy JRPGs. Uh, Final Fantasy Tactics is one of my favorite uh, series, especially Tactics Advance, uh, which this game looks a lot like. Um, obviously, the Disgaea games that I love, uh, Front Mission, uh, so on and so forth. So, you know, I, I'm glad this uh, trailer showed what has been done on this game. I know they've been kind of trickling stuff out uh, for a while for this one. I was really happy to see that you're able to tra- change the orientation of the camera uh, now in this uh, most recent version of the game. I think that's going to be pretty critical, um, especially in that kind of like weird, like 2.5D-ish plane uh, that they have going on. So, um, yeah, yeah, I don't, I don't have too much that I want to go over this one, other than that this is probably going to be a day one buy for me. I'm pretty excited for this one. I did finish Octopath Traveler um, with half of the characters. I didn't finish it with all eight, uh, but I, I loved that game. And if this is anything like Octopath Traveler, I am, uh, I'm stoked. This sounds better, actually. I didn't even see anything for this game, but like, Aaron, it's I like the tactic. Yeah, Vandal Hearts. Like, I mean, That's... graphically, it's exactly like Vandal Hearts. What's it called again? Triangle Strategy? Yeah, Triangle look, Strategy. Look at, look at the pictures of it. Like, it's, yeah, it's, it's the Xenogears kind of deal. It uses that oh. same, like, uh, you know, 16-bit okay. style. Well, technically not 16. It's probably a lot more than that. But the 16-bit, right. but in kind of that 3D space, and they use that tilt-shift effect like they did mm-hmm. on Octopath Traveler. Yeah, this looks interesting. Is this going to be Switch exclusive? I hope not, because it'll probably well, launch, right? Only on Switch? Yeah. yeah. So that's how it was for Octopath. Octopath came to everything later, like a year later. Yeah, it's on Game Pass it, right now, Octopath it is. Traveler. Yeah. Fingers hmm. crossed. So. Fingers crossed right. it comes to the Xbox. So what about this uh, Castlevania Advance Collection, Kevin? Uh, I got that. I've been playing that 
and then my girlfriend saw me playing it and she's like wait give castlevania on xbox because you have to get like achievements <laughs> like, i thought you were playing on an emulation like no it's on xbox now there's achievements and yeah so i've been playing that i've been playing uh aria of sorrow which is the first game where you play as soma cruise i've been really liking it it's totally you know a, a lower fi symphony of the night kind of deal um but you collect the enemy souls. I really think that Aria of Sorrow and Dawn of Sorrow are the formula for Bloodstained. Like the, Bloodstained is much more like that than it is Symphony of the Night, in my opinion. Because it's all about collecting enemy Dawn souls. Yeah, yeah, I would agree for sure. Dawn of the Sorrow was the uh, the DS one, right? For the, the mm -hmm. two, yeah. That's the one that Aaron got for me back in 2008, I think, on the DS, and got me into Castlevania. Really, that game. It's probably hmm. my favorite game for, uh, for that or Symphony. I don't know. Those one of those two hmm. are. I can't really pick one, but I th this uh, collection is really high quality, very well done. The music sounds a lot better. It's like higher quality bitrate. It sounds much better than emulation. I actually tested it on my um, Raspberry Pi recently, and way better on the uh, on the Xbox or whatever There's platform. A few you get games it on. on this, right? It, it's like uh, how many? Harmony do you know how many games? Th uh, there's four. So they have four. Harmony of Dissonance, uh, the first game, which I can never remember what it's called, but I didn't like it that much. And then the third one is Aria of Sorrow. And the fourth game is actually the Super Nintendo version of Dracula X, which is called, I'm sorry, of Rondo Blood, which is the PS, not, well, not PSP, <laughs> uh, I want to say PC Engine game that was released only in Japan. And they right. re-released it on PSP in the US as a 3D version. And this is, and then they, there was a Super Nintendo uh, version of that game, but it's not the same game. It's actually like it's a remake of of like the first Castlevania sort of it's like in that style yeah. I don't know it's it's weird it's I don't love that game but it has nice graphics yeah <laughs> this, this package is only like 20 bucks right that seems like yeah. a pretty good value nice hmm but it's so Konami is kind of like in a weird spot but they did a good job with this because I remember the other Castlevania collection that had like I believe it had the Nintendo games and it also had the Genesis game on it, it was mm -hmm. kind of good but a little kludgy to say the least um, so I have played the original version on the, I'm on Steam and I'm playing this one on Xbox. Um, I think the original one I had weird issues with scaling. Oftentimes mm -hmm. I find that um, Japanese developed 2D games have funky scaling or resolution things. They don't seem to, I'm not sure, they just, it seems to be weird. I've noticed a lot of that kind of, like Bloodstained has weird stuff. The original um, 2D one, I forgot the name of that game. But anyways, this seems to be good on Xbox, at least from what I played. Um, I'm already like... Cool. I think eight hours into Aria of Sorrow, like, and I'm definitely going to beat it. Oh, so. wow. Yeah. All right. Anything else we want to talk about from the Nintendo Direct? Mm, All right. No. Crickets. <laughs> Crickets. Crickets. <laughs> uh, the Initiative, who is working on Perfect Dark, is it Perfect Dark Zero, or is that something else? Am I, that's that's a game that already came out. That's a 360 game. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, the real, the true sequel. Uh, they're working on Perfect Dark, whatever the hell it's called, and they had to bring in Crystal Dynamics to help add another A to the uh, to, to the four A development. I don't know what that. I I honestly take this as kind of a bad sign. Why? Because isn't it strange that like a huge development studio brought in an additional studio to help them? It's, it sounds like they maybe were needed some help narrowing down what the game was. Right. I mean, it depends on what they're helping with, but if it's like yeah. integral gameplay stuff, yeah, it's probably not great. <laughs> I mean, it could be porting work. It could be, who knows? Yeah, you know. Could be I guess why I just, would they have Crystal Dynamics do that though? Crystal Dynamics is like a bigger studio that wouldn't help. I think with purely technical issues. 
Yeah, I mean, they develop, you know, this, all those great Tomb Raider remakes. Maybe that, maybe they want to get some mm. direction for them because they want to make a big adventure spy game. I have a feeling that the right. game is not going to be a first-person shooter exclusively or even at all. That'd be crazy. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I bet it's a first-person shooter, but it, that it's very sort of Uncharted-y, lots of, you know, scripted sequences yeah. and high production yeah. values. Um, that's, probably, that's probably accurate. Yeah. All right, well... I guess that's that's the news for the week. Zach, you want to tell me yes. what you think of Deathloop? So, I can only tell you so much. Um, okay. I played probably... I forget what my hour my hours are. Probably six to nine hours. I forget. Um, but I've not been able to play because I was trying to mod my graphics card and change the thermal pads. And in doing so... Uh, I made it so that my graphics card runs at 104 degrees Celsius, which... Oh, shit. Idle? You're not supposed to do that. <laughs> Idling or under load? Under load. I okay. mean, like, game load. Like, not 100%, yeah. but, you know, That's running. Hot. Yeah. So, I'm. It, it's being used right now. Um, I'm looking at my screen with that graphics card, but it's, you know, idling, basically. Okay. So, so, so I've not you, been able to you play broke your graphics since... card. <laughs> I'm, I will fix it. Come tomorrow. The new thermal okay. pads are coming. Nice. But uh so I've not been able to play since like Wednesday. Alright. But and and I don't feel like I have a good like even after six to nine hours, I still feel like I'm just getting started in a way. Like I've kind of um I, should we describe the game or will people kinda know? I don't know how we should Yeah, let's set it up. Do you want to set it up and I'll I'll jump in after Yeah after you yeah, sure. Um, so the game is an arcade game, uh, you know, the immersive sim studio, and it's about a guy who is on this island, and he keeps. If he dies, he has to relive a day over. And there's this sort of, not cult, but like semi-cult, semi-scientific community that is on this island, and they're able to like keep this loop of this day going, and they're doing studies and stuff like that. And you want to break the loop, and to do so, you have to kill eight targets um a la like dishonored kind of um called visionaries and uh you just have to kind of sort of puzzle your way into killing all of them at the same time while being skilled enough to not die in the process um and you also have to every time you die you lose your items as well though um there's an infusion system basically think magic money and you can pay to keep your items uh, after you die. Um, so that's kind of... I don't know if you want to elaborate any more on what the game is. That was a good setup for the game. I, I think the, 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 the ultimate question that a lot of people who have been following the game have is whether or not it's like a roguelike or roguelite yeah. or has any of those elements. And I think it's, it's definitely not. It doesn't have those elements. Like it's definitely... Despite using this loop structure... I've, I have rolled credits, by the way, I should mention. I've completed okay. the game. Um, it is a linear game in terms of there is a set critical path that you have to follow to get to the end of the game. Um, and like you will, you, you don't ever lose progression on that linear path. So that, that's really what separates it from something like Prey Moon Crash, which I'll talk a little bit about later, um, or, or any roguelike or anything like that. Um, but like the goal is to set up a perfect loop where you get all of the visionaries killed in one day. And, um, and that's, that's fundamentally 
how you beat the game. And this is revealed at the beginning of the game. So I'm not really spoiling anything here. What's up, Kevin? Is that so is it at all like twelve minutes where you have to learn more information on subsequent loops to beat the game, or can you do it all the first time? You could not do it the first time. You cannot do it the first time. But it's not it's not a loop game the way twelve minutes is. Like it 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 purportedly is, but it's not. It is a it is actually a linear game think of it like i think the best way to think of it is like an open world game with a kind of hefty death penalty where you're constantly backtracking in and out of areas to complete different objectives that once you've completed the objective stays satisfied in the game's progress um Mm, i see yeah it's more the game's more interested in having like these different times of day where you just have to be aware of like what happens at that time of day in these different levels like it's not as much about like resetting your progress it doesn't care that much about that so i'm sorry i'm gonna give you an analogy that that i yeah i'm gonna give you an analogy that i've heard it compared to and and i know this game very 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 well uh at majora's mask so majora's mask three day time period you go back to the beginning of the game but when you go back to the beginning you keep all of your items so all the masks all the dungeon stuff all, all the gear so basically you have to you can't beat the game one loop it's impossible you have to do you have three days to do one objective and then you start it over again. You do the next thing. You start it over again. And you but you keep your items. You lose all your consumables, like your ammo and like money. But you keep your core items, which allow you to progress with the game further. Is that comparable? That sounds that's pretty much closer. It. Yeah. Okay. So like, I really like this, that Majora's Mask. So maybe I'll love this game. <laughs> I think you will like this game. Like the thing is, but I would say, once you get past the first five or six hours, you get you're gonna have all your weapons and uh, yeah. your your abilities permanently. Like, you're not going to lose them when you die anymore. You're just going to lose whatever you picked up on that other run, which you probably won't care about. Like, I got to the point where I didn't even care about looting shit. Any, after about, like, 10 hours, I think, like, the biggest thing, the biggest complaint I have with this game is that it starts off slowly. It doesn't do an incredible job of of telling you what it is. It kind of misleads you in a way. And it and it's um, incredibly handholdy for the first few hours of the game. Yeah. That was kind of my take. It seemed a little... I felt like there was a lot of like banter that I was like, I don't know what's going on with anyone. Like, what, what is what is happening here? Uh, and they didn't set it up. I think it's intentional because you're supposed to feel like you're just like this person who woke up in a time loop. But I, I don't know. I felt like I just I wasn't sold on that stuff yet. I, it felt like it could be good. Like it definitely had some charm to it. So I just maybe needed to play it more. I yeah, like it, it kind of splits the difference between dishonored and prey in terms of its gameplay styles like it has a lot of the non-linear exploration of prey with the sort of like abilities and hunting and executions of dishonored but it also feels a lot like crisis where like you're just kind of rush in and just fuck people up like the predator like you're much more powerful than the uh, than the the enemy npcs and you have the ability to just like run in like t- shoot 10 guys in the head kick like three or four off a cliff and just totally cause total carnage. Like you're kind of a god relative to the game. Uh, have you, you guys have seen the kick, right? <laughs> I remember the first time I tried. I didn't know it was in the game until I played. I was like, it looks like he's doing a ballet kick. Like his foot is going way, <laughs> like way up there. It's a little bit of Duke 3D, I think, is what they're going for, right? But it, <laughs> it felt like comically high. It was funny. It seemed like cool. It was good. So you can like do crazy shit like you have one ability where you can chain people together so you can chain like five people together and then kick one of them off a cliff and then they all go tumbling off the cliff together that's awesome. uh you could just kick the shit out of people the kick is is like 
continuously satisfying. Is it um, like the Odyssey kick, Assassin's Creed Odyssey? You know, you kick enemies off cliffs. Like the Spartan kick, the yes. Yeah. It's honestly better than that. It's wow. because it's easier to pull off, and and they like set you up for so many good moments of, to kick people that it's like you just won't get bored with kicking people. Um, like one thing the game has been getting dinged for a lot is the AI. People think that the AI is really stupid, which it is, particularly in the beginning of the game. The game has a dynamic scaling AI system. So the more, uh, I think it's the more loops you've done and the more visionaries, it specifically says, it's called loop stress, that the more visionaries you've killed, the more uh, intense the AI is going to hunt you and perceive you and be able to damage you so once you've killed multiple visionaries the ai can kill you in like a couple hits and they can notice you from all over the place like especially once you've when i was on my final run and i had killed all the visionaries they like the whole town was chasing me hmm. to give you whereas on the initial runs you can basically just run past everybody and they almost don't even notice you interesting so it's almost like re4 that's how re4 is if you kick ass like the enemies become harder yeah, yeah. But you have control in a way. Like if you don't want to loop, like if you're just trying to like learn background info, you can like keep it from being this gauntlet. Like Resident Evil 4's dynamic difficulty is based on your deaths, which you can control. But this one, it feels more deliberate in its control. Like you, if you know that it exists, like, oh, I'm just not going to kill visionaries and I'm just going to look for like in scraps of information around the world or whatever. So it's, it's more in your control. I mean, mm. if you if you know it's there, right? Mm -hmm. I see. Yeah, and it, it, I'm not sure if the system works in that it's continuous through loops, but it felt that way for me because I had got to the point where I had killed multiple visionaries and I was living through a series of loops, and the the AI got much more challenging and stayed challenging, and also they reward you with higher quality weapons and uh, trinkets, which you use to sort of make loadouts like that's that's a thing you can do is you can make kind of loadouts um i don't know uh i should say Oren played and beat the game which he always beats games in like 48 hours he's like i started playing this game it's like 20 hours long and then he's like two days later i beat the game i'm like how the fuck does he do that but he he's very because he couldn't he's very focused yeah he couldn't yeah. be here today he sent me a little mini review that i'm gonna read real quick um so here's what he his voice <laughs> I'm not going to do that. I don't even know how to do that. Uh, I think I really, really liked Deathloop more than I loved Deathloop. It's great seeing a game like this get love from mainstream outlets like IGN and GameSpot, as it gives me hope for the future of AAA gaming. Also, the game's mixture of Dishonored's level design with Outer Wilds' time loop information gathering mechanics was really inspired. Overall, a lot to love here. Though, one final note I have is that the game's single-shot rifle, the Rapier, is now my favorite all-time FPS weapon. Good stuff. <laughs> However, the game barely misses greatness for me in a few critical areas. The story hints at deeper mysteries without ever delivering on them in a satisfying manner. The ending in particular was really weak. I don't know if I agree with him, but continuing Arcane's trend of delivering underwhelming final acts, I also felt this way with Prey. Also, the AI never felt consistent especially later in the game when the AI gets more challenging. I had many moments where the AI would either spot me through walls or the inverse where I'd snipe an entire crowd of enemies because they were too dumb to spot me on a nearby roof despite using a loud sniper rifle. The AI and unsatisfying story ultimately dragged it all down for me, but I still strongly recommend this game for anyone who loves arcane or Hitman-style level designs. 
It's not a game of the year contender for me personally, but nevertheless, I really enjoyed it and found it a worthy addition to Arcane's ever-growing library of stellar games. Nice. Seems pretty good. It's funny, the dynamic AI thing it's like didn't, didn't work for him. So... I think they need to correct the AI. Like and, and I and I actually have pretty good reason to think that they will based on Arcane's track record with supporting their games. Um they added a new game plus to Prey, I wanna say a year later, so hopefully they do this a little mm. sooner. Um they've added uh they added like really intense uh difficulty sliders in Dishonored Two and Death of the Outsider. Like you can basically totally customize every element of it. And the thing that, that should be mentioned about this AI, and I don't know if Oren played the game with PvP on or not, this game has a PvP mechanic, like Dark Souls-style invasions. And when you get in, like, I, it seems to me that the AI was probably balanced a lot around the prospect that people will be getting invaded repeatedly by other players. So you can imagine if you had a game with, like, a stealth game like this with really intense AI and you're getting invaded by a player, that could mm. be fucked. So... Question on that. Um, mm -hmm. Juliana is the character who's hunting your main character, right, Colt? Um, yep. How is the AI Juliana? Uh, I wouldn't know because I played the whole game with PvP on. From oh. what I hear, she's not that intense. Okay. Uh, yeah, no, I was invaded. I, oh, I'm just going to say, uh, I played, I'm playing PvE because I'm a baby, and mm. uh, she's not that bad. Yeah. Is she like a mini boss, or is she more? Is she feel like a nemesis, or is it more like, ooh, this is like, what's what's the kind of? She kind of just runs up at you and shoots at you, and she's a little invisible sometimes. But it it wasn't that big of a deal. It wasn't like she was like hiding in places and like setting traps. She was just gunning for you. And maybe because it was like the you know I wasn't I didn't have I hadn't killed a lot of visionaries, so maybe she's not as smart. But at least early game, she's like pretty pretty simple mm. is she scripted or is it something dynamic that just kind of happens she's dynamic she is okay. yeah yeah that's um, cool i think the idea for like a dynamic character you hunting you is it seems really cool so i was really curious about how the ai was handled with her so i'll tell you when you're getting invaded by players it can be extremely challenging and add a lot of uh Tension that the game is one thing that I think the game can lack is, is because of its difficulty curve is not that extreme Like it's not as tense for much of the game when a player invades you and you're really trying to get something done And maybe you're partway through a day So the death penalty is going to be a little bigger if you don't complete what you want to do um, Having a player invade can add a lot of tension and players Like there's, there seems to be like some players are really smart and they know right where you're going and they'll set a bunch of traps for you and wait in hiding and, and really cause you a lot of grief. Other players just charge at you and you can just shotgun them down really easily. I did some invasions myself and if you if you have an idea of what the player's trying to do in the game, you can really lay some complex traps for them. And like you can kind of come up with a big elaborate plan and then enact it and really ruin someone's day in a fun way. So that's pretty fun. I don't know how long this PvP aspect of the game is gonna last though because at least on Steam, the game isn't even in the Steam Top 100 anymore. So, like, I I, I don't know how long that's going to last. And I do feel like, at least in the current state of the game, like, that is a central element that, like, the game is designed around the, having that extra level of tension from a player invading. And without that, the game is a little less challenging. So I'm hoping for a hard mode or some kind of difficulty options. 
Yeah, I definitely agree. Like, I mean, I've only, like I've said, I've not gotten that far. I've not killed that many visionaries. But right now, it feels very easy. Like, I'm sniping everyone in a level with my machine gun. And I just kind of walk right through it. So I can't, I don't want to, like, speak on the game's difficulty at the moment. Because, again, I'm not that far. But so far, I've not had any trouble. And I've not had to, I've not died to restart a day. I've just gone through the day and restarted. Yeah, I, so I played, I think, for like three hours, maybe. Does that seem right, Aaron? We played about? Yeah. yeah and it felt like hours. I could generally just kind of Rambo through everything without too much difficulty. The enemies didn't feel that challenging. And they, they never felt like they were like on my shit. They were just mm-hmm. kind of like kick their ass and they're done. So. Yeah. Um, so I'd say the first half of the game, you are a god. And then as you get more abilities and your loop stress increases, you still are a god, but the enemies become much more threatening. But it, like the last run of the game, the final loop I had was probably the best segment of the game for me. Like, like I think the game like ended extremely strongly, which is kind of why I kind yeah. of disagree with Orin's take. Um, mm. It was such a good one. Um, I got invaded while it was happening. Like, like there was all these wrenches going, like being thrown in my like clockwork, and it was really intense in a way that much of the game hadn't been. So, like, I don't know. Like, it ended for me extremely strongly I, I felt that the last loop was just like an absolute blast and I had like a really I've gone back and done it because you can play the game it lets you play the game after you beat it again um, and done it different ways and stuff like it, it was pretty it was a good ending I think I mean I, I think Oren was more talking about the narrative right maybe not like the the gameplay you know like the how the loop plays out and you know right that stuff I, yeah I would disagree with I don't want to comment on the narrative in this yeah. just yet but i i i think i thought it was like so it doesn't answer a ton of questions i'll say but it, it does mm-hmm. yeah I, I thought it was pretty good like I, I i liked it i thought that it's probably arcane's i think the narrative in prey is is really exceptional i know not everybody agree, thinks that but uh i think I like that the narrative in the dishonored games is maybe like i could kind of care less so i think this is <laughs> sits in between prey and dishonored like i really found the narrative compelling from beginning to end it's got this whole kind of like James Bondy thing going on with this like lost like you know the, there's like the outsider people group on an island and like all these weird mysteries it worked for me but it but it's definitely vague and it is, it's not going to give you really super concrete answers if that's what you're looking for mm. does it do you, did you feel the enemies um were interesting in their design and their quotes because like if, for some reason they reminded me of the Bioshock splicers and I, when I replaying Bioshock One, I was like listening to all their quotes and like all of their things that they say, and they're so like interesting and compelling. Like you just want to know more about like who these characters were. And Bioshock, each enemy is like a character, so you fight like multiple versions of that character. It's almost like Streets of Rage; you fight like multiple mm-hmm. Galcias or multiple. It's the same kind of thing. They all have the same kind of quotes. So, does this game have that same thing? It seemed like it was. That's what they were going for. I don't think that the stories of the visionaries were as compelling as maybe Bioshock. Um, I think the story of Cult and Juliana was quite compelling, and I found those two characters to be compelling from beginning to end. And I found the the lore of the island to be to be really cool. I love the setting. I love the mod art style. Um, the music is absolutely fantastic. There's several original tracks that sound like they were just like stolen straight from the 1960s that are just really really good. Um, yeah. So yes and no, I guess. Like the visionaries are not as good as 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 the Bioshock uh, bad guys. That's that's a pretty high bar, unfortunately. Yeah, it is for sure. 
Just immersive sim shooter enemies is what I was comparing it. So that's what I was thinking of, you know. Mm-hmm. From, uh, from what I've experienced, they just are like, in terms of design, they're pretty like, I mean, they're like shaped like normal people. They don't have like interesting silhouettes. They're just like, that's a guy. And like, mm-hmm. he might have an interesting personality in like um, the, the notes you read. But like when you're fighting him, he's just like, oh, he's got a gun and he goes invisible. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's it. <laughs> like I think of the the burned guy in Bioshock. He's always talking about how he like didn't want to hurt anyone. Like it's what he says when he attacks mm-hmm. you, and, and like it's like he's a very interesting. Like like who is this guy? What mm-hmm. was the story? So I just was wondering if they had that. I really like that about the Shock games. Yeah, or like the uh, the the guy who does the plastic surgery. Like that's an yeah. inter- I mean that that reveal is great. You know, yeah. There's nothing like that really. I okay. mean, but, well, maybe there is. I don't know. I've not gotten that far. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. So. I don't know. I, I like finishing the game. I totally recommend it. I had a great time. I do think I would like to see them tweak the uh, the difficulty, which I think they might do. So maybe maybe wait for it. But uh, for me, it was one of the better games I've played this year. Do you think you would replay it with higher difficulty? Oh yes. Yeah. Not only that, after I've beaten the game, I'm still playing it. There's okay. still so, there's still several like the, like like the main narrative is not that challenging to puzzle out and they mostly give you where you need to go and when and how to do it so it's not like you have a notebook next to you and you're like cracking this code (laughs) however there's a lot of places in look uh there's these loot box things that you can't open and these like different doors and like figuring out how to open those requires like next level problem solving so i'm very eager to kind of see if i can get into some of that stuff uh there's a lot left to do and i think the basic combat like just tearing through the world with all your abilities is just consistently fun. Like, I still want to play more. As soon as I beat it, I wanted to play it again. Well, that makes me that makes me uh, more excited to almost beat it so I could, like, enjoy it more. I feel like a lot of times I don't... I need to finish something to, like, really appreciate it. And this game, like, I feel like the story is vague enough that I need to start from the beginning and, like, piece it back together with mm-hmm. what I know at the end. Um so yeah, that's that's what I'm looking forward to. And also, this feels like a game that you kind of need to make your own fun in a little bit. Because mm-hmm. right now, I'm just like, I'm very bored. I, I do a very boring strategy of sit in like a tight spot, alert everyone, shoot them all in the head, and then find what I need to find. And that's not, uh, that's not a fun way to do it. So I, I have to get more confident to do, to kick everyone off of a cliff, basically. Yeah, so that's that is like the constant um, problem with stealth games is that you can use a sniper rifle or like a silence pistol and just kind of cheese ball your way through the level, and, yeah. and it's like you become very effective. That's kind of what I did in like Metal Gear Solid Five, and mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, it, it, I I recommend not doing that. They, they intentionally one thing I forgot to mention that like this game doesn't have you cannot quick save like there's no saves yeah. coming in this game. Um, I recommend playing it hot and loud. Run through there, use a shotgun you will have just like a zany time just rushing through levels just blowing people's heads off kicking people off cliffs doing all kind you know throwing people up in the air and doing weird shit like engage with the systems and it's fun if you play it like a i'm a stealth shooter on a hill you're it's not going to be super enjoyable yeah i'm ruining it (laughs) (laughs) so yes you do kind of have to find your own fun but i think once you do uh pretty good uh i don't know did you want to say anything more about death loop zach no, I think we covered it all basically, and I I don't want like I don't want to say anything definitive with what experience I've had, you know. Um, yeah, it looks good. It's the capping it at sixty has made it play well, 
So mm-hmm. I'm I'm happy about that, and I'm still looking forward to playing more. Yeah, yeah, awesome. All right, uh, let's talk about the Halo tech demo, Kevin. Do you want to tell us about that? Yeah. Um, did anyone else play that? No. Okay. No. Um. So it's uh. You know, we all know. We all probably watched a lot of the early stuff, but I definitely felt like I played on mouse and keyboard. By the way, um, I think it's the best uh, Halo game I played on a mouse and keyboard. The other games all feel fine on a mouse and keyboard, but they're obviously designed for a controller that's been halo's you know been for a long time so i just wanted to like mention it feels really good on a mouse and keyboard the ghost felt great on the mouse and keyboard the warthog drove well um, is this multiplayer or is this multiplayer like only. stuff yeah so this okay. is multiplayer only um there is certain windows where you do pvp and i only did one actual pvp session otherwise i've been fighting against the bots because they have these bots and you can oh, do that okay. any you can always do that that's that's always available yeah. as long as you have the demo but so like i think hour or two hour windows for pvp so and the maps were small like 4v or four four to six player maps deathmatch so there was no big team battle um i did find one map that had a ghost on it though so i was trying to try the ghost but um i wanted to say like my first impression was that you run way faster than halo like i think oh Oren, me and aaron all were joking on a podcast a couple one couple back with that like halo is like quake where you run one fourth the speed <laughs> <laughs> yeah and that's like pretty accurate right i mean the, yeah halo is like an arena shooter but you just move very slowly um so this game if i would say the speed felt almost like doom eternal run speed like faster not like classic doom really like 60 miles an hour fast but like it felt a lot quicker um yeah. and it's also and there's no like dash or anything sorry there's no dash yeah so you okay. do have a grappling, but there's a grappling hook, hook. Yeah, which yeah. is it, it almost um pc gamers analogy was titanfall and i can kind of see that with the grappling hook it kind of reminds me a little of titanfall it's like not as fast as titanfall it doesn't have wall running or double jump but it definitely feels like a fast the fastest halo i think i played um i didn't play halo 5 and i've heard that that um had like some people said that that was like the best halo multiplayer not actually not halo 3 but i only played halo 3's multiplayer extensively um one map i played was like clearly dust two like it even had the double doors from mm-hmm. dust two aaron saw that when i showed him a little bit and it was like uh <laughs> it's like too yeah. vertical for counter-strike but it's very like uh <laughs> so i think there's probably a large gamut of influence on the design of this game i don't think it's purely going for just a halo experience it felt for me kind of like a, a little more tactical than older halos um like because you can, all the weapons you can zoom a little bit like you can always zoom in this game that's that's you always you could halo 2 you could zoom but you couldn't shoot and zoom whereas this game you can shoot and zoom with every gun um the needler is the best i've ever used <laughs> the uh and this is coming from someone who loves halo 1 yeah the needler in this game is awesome um pc gamer had a whole article about it and i was like really you guys are wrote a whole article about the needler in this game like after using like oh i i see the projectiles <laughs> move super quick um it just turns people into that pink mist extremely fast it's uh it's it's super, super awesome. Um, and this game's going to launch uh, free-to-play, right, on consoles and PC. And I think that's actually a really big deal because, especially, I think, PC. I think the PC free-to-play market is huge. You think of, like, people who play, like, League of Legends and uh, what's that, that's the Titanfall game? Apex Legends and that kind of stuff. I think that this could be, like, in that, could potentially make a splash that big because it's free-to-play and it's, like, very high production. I mean, we'll see. Maybe I'm wrong. But I mm-hmm. think it could potentially become a pretty huge... Uh, scene for this game because it feels really good like it feels like the kind of game that would do really well 
I mean, it's definitely going to do good immediately on launch, right? Like everyone's going to want to try it. And then if it's got legs and it's like actually balanced and well-designed, then it should keep that audience, right? Yeah. And the thing is, it's like yeah, everyone's hopefully. played Halo, right? Yeah. Well, mostly. Yeah. The only thing I really didn't like about this game is that there's the, you have these little AI companions and they're supposed to be like in the story of Halo, like the dumber, not the Cortana AI, like the kind of like more rudimentary and they like always uh, have these kind of little quips. Like when you kill someone, they'll say things. Like when you grapple, you say things. Like you run out of ammo, they'll say things. And like I could see why some people may want a lot of talking during their game, but I don't want that. And you can't turn them off or remove them mm. or turn the volume down. Ooh. So yeah, it's weird. Maybe they'll add that to the launch of the game because it's still you know alpha or beta, to whatever it's early early access <laughs> version of the game, yeah. but. Right now, yeah. if you turn off the uh, the robots, uh, your guy's just naked. So you have to the the armor's tied to the to the voices. Yeah, so I, I don't know. It felt like a weird decision. Like I, I see what they're doing with it, and like I get it, but I'm kind of like, I don't know if I want all these quips all the time. It's it's a little amusing. It's kind of funny sometimes. It's not like like horribly offensive. Like it's not like really bad or anything. But I'm just kind of like, oh, it's not Battlefield Three. Um, it's not Battlefield 3. Yeah. But, I don't mm. know. They do still have the original announcer guy, too. Unfrickin' believable. Him, he's still there. <laughs> so, that I love. Keep him. Don't get rid of him. He's great. That's all, all I okay. want is him. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, I liked it. I think I think it'll, I think it's, it seems good. There's definitely some, like, kludge to it still, like, in terms of just polish that, you know, hopefully will be fixed within, what, two months? So we'll see. Hopefully. Yeah. Hopefully. Yeah. I, I I think it'll be good. It looked good. It looked better when I watched your stream than it did when I watched the the big stream a couple days ago. I don't know if it was just the compression on that stream. It was just it looked when I watched that stream, I was like, this looks like a three sixty game. But when you were playing it, it looked looked good. I don't know. I'll yeah. check it out. Yeah. All right. Uh Psychonauts two. Zach, tell me about this. Um, I mean y'all talked about kevin j talked about it last time so and kind of stole any points i had but uh (laughs) (laughs) uh psychonauts uh 3d collectathon platformer uh it was good it was did you finish it yeah i did um finished that a week or two ago i i yeah i enjoyed it um i can't yeah, I don't know. I don't have much else to add. I listened to him talk about it. I was like, well, that's, yeah, that's about all I can really <laughs> add to the conversation. Like, it's not, like, I, I'm not that into, like, 3D collect-a-thons. Um, and I, like, the game has, like, a sort of a post-game where you can collect everything, but I see kind of no reason to ever do that. Um, like, I guess getting new powers, but, like, the combat wasn't, like, interesting enough to, like, want to flex my muscles and find out the tech of psychonauts too Mm -hmm. um so i i had fun with it it was a nice story i like the art style like the changing art style like the you know the woodstock level and the uh you know the 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 food competition uh cooking show and the the teeth you know classic love the teeth i wasn't that weirded out by it i was actually kind of impressed how good they made that look um but but yeah, I, I I just don't have too much to add, I guess. 
I'm sorry. One thing, one thing I forgot to talk about last time was um the the seamless seamless transitions between like zones within a zone uh, that I think they handle really really well. Um, I, I don't know if that's uh, prevalent on any of the other platforms other than the Xbox Series uh, because of the, you know, that crazy drive they have in that thing. But, um, like, there are a lot of moments in the game where, like, there'll be, like, say, like, just a box or something just kind of sitting there with a door attached to it. You can walk all the way around it. Like, it's it's just seemingly a box with a door. Then you walk through that door and you're in an entirely new level. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally seamlessly. Like hmm. the, like the the island treasure not treasure island but like the island level where like you're like yeah. planting the seeds for that guy and like you go in that big bottle and it like goes into this other like his imagination or whatever yeah that's really good yeah, yeah i think I that's that's that i think that's all systems i think uh, does the xbox have loading screens no very few very very okay. few yeah, yeah 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 i think the only loading screens you typically see are hidden behind the cutscenes, like when you like enter someone's mind or someone something right. like that you know i'll play a cutscene. i think there's probably loading scenes hidden behind that but it's super snappy and quick yeah the pc i mean i have like a you know a pcie 4.0 nvme so like i can get the fast speeds but like the pc still has like a loading screen where like raz is like falling in like a swirly pit and then it cuts to the next scene so i mean you know that makes sense people not everyone has a hyper expensive hard drive but yeah hmm. i wonder what it was like on last gen consoles because that was like that thing was totally cross-gen it was on ps4 or ps5 xbox yeah, right. one xbox mm, series some long loads this 5400 oh, rpm drives i can only imagine yeah all right well psychonauts 2 I, I played a little bit of it 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 seemed cool it looked great um probably played like two hours i was having fun i was like oh this is I liked it more than I expected, particularly having tried Psychonauts both back in the day and recently and not, not being able to really get into it. Um, I might play it some more. So good shit. It's if you want to play a cartoon and not watch a cartoon like that, you're not yep. going to get anything better. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Agreed. I'm with you on that fully. It's, yeah. it's being a 90s Nickelodeon man and you're, you're controlling the character. It's right. Yeah. Like early '90s Nickelodeon, or like, oh, yeah. like, yeah, like that weird. creepy yeah, shit, yeah, like Ren and Stimpy and Rocco, and Ren and Stimpy, <laughs> all real monsters, exactly. yeah. yeah. I think this is more welcoming than those sorts of things. I don't know why, but I don't mm. know if I'd be terrified of this as a kid, as like Ren and Stimpy, which just I couldn't, I couldn't stand that. I was so scared. <laughs> those nose goblins, yeah. Um, all right, well, uh. Real quickly, I'll talk about Prey Moon Crash, which I've played for about five or six hours in lieu of Deathloop, which a lot of people are talking about. Did, did Deathloop get, was it inspired or was Prey Moon Crash, which is another arcane game, it's actually a DLC for Prey, uh, did that inspire Deathloop or was that like a place where they tested out ideas? And I think I can say no. I don't think that, the, like, I think they're, 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 they're working on similar ideas, but they're pretty different games. Uh, Prey Moon Crash is unambiguously a rogue light with a it has like a meta progression of like skills and abilities but like you are replaying from beginning to end like the whole event like you're not to some extent um but i really like it like i think it's it's like i loved prey that was one of my games of the year it's probably still one of my all-time favorite games and i'm for some reason i just didn't play moon crash because it felt like 
work, I guess. Like the first 20 minutes is like, hmm, what's, what am I doing here? Um, but having put a few hours into it, I as long as you're okay with the rogue-like light uh, elements, I think you will like it a lot. Um, it has a whole new prey world to explore, new stories to find. Um, they really beefed up a lot of the abilities and added some new mechanics to the game. So like the combat is even better and like the and deeper and there's more a wider possibility space so to speak i don't know i've been having fun with it i'll check back in with it next week or so yeah i definitely want to try that out i mean i just played prey myself oh uh what was it like last month um but i was like i i don't want to like immediately jump into more prey like i want to i like variety you know i like jumping around um Mm -hmm. but i'll definitely get to that because i feel like i played prey on normal and i feel Mm -hmm. like that was a mistake like it got too easy so i'd like mm. to try something that like kind of forces your hand and like makes you you know work for it yeah so there is no difficulty option in moon crash and i will say it is immediately more challenging than prey and it's also because of it does this thing where like like the world is fixed but the way that it sort of has like randomization is that like it, you might go into a whole section like a whole area and it might be like the power is turned off and you have to turn the power on or it might be on fire or there might be radiation <laughs> and other weird shit and it's it's actually very challenging i found it immediately challenging in a way that kept me like very on my toes and had me continually feeling that sense of tension and because it is a rogue like there's no uh quick saving or saves coming oh damn okay yeah see that'll <laughs> that'll uh make things a little more hard yeah mm. uh and that sounds interesting that like it changes the the you know it's a, an immersive sim it can be dynamic with the what's going on in a moment and like you have to actively like be like oh shit and now i need to to focus on this thing whereas like in the base in the base game i mean like every playthrough i assume is going to be the exact same or whatever and like i feel like they didn't play a lot with like radiation or um like rooms of fire or stuff like that like i never felt like i was being I was sweating against those sorts of things. Like I maybe took radiation pills like once. Mm-hmm. And those weren't even in the game when I played it. Okay. Uh, <laughs> yeah. What, what did you think of Prey out of curiosity? I enjoyed it. Um, I, I felt like I kind of, a, you can abuse the, uh, the crafting system to sort of steamroll a lot of stuff. Yeah, like it, it's the thing where it's 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 a game where I want to replay it to like see the different possibilities because like when you play, like whenever you play an immersive sim, it's like you see one lane and you're like, mm-hmm. okay, that was a decent lane, but like to really understand the 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 breadth that it encompasses, you need to try it more than once. So I need to play it on hard, maybe with some survival mechanics on, and mm-hmm. um, just I, I didn't use any psi powers because I was like, oh that doesn't seem good. Like, it seems like maybe I shouldn't be putting Typhon DNA in my body. Um, oh, yeah. So, and w- even without all the magic, like, you, you're you very powerful. Like, you can throw everything. You can jump everywhere. You can sprint really fast. Like, you're, you're a super being still. Um, so, and it kind of made it feel a little trivial. So, I want to go back and, and give it another try. Yeah, I would say more so than any of the recent immersive sims I could think of. Like, like most games have like three lanes or six lanes. Prey has like, I swear, like 
16 to 32 lanes like for each puzzle <laughs> yeah. like there's it's crazy the shit you can do i've replayed it through a few times now and like every time like i recommend if you do replay it putting specific limitations on yourself being like oh yeah. i'm not going to use guns i'm just going to use the screwdriver or the, the wrench and play on like very hard uh it, it really changes how the game plays and like the weird there's shit that like after i beat the game and i watched like joseph anderson's video i was like how the fuck did he do that like there was shit that i just had no idea that was in the game yeah um but yeah that's a no yeah i'll give it it's due i respect this game i know what it is you know like i i i i believe what people say about it and like i still had fun like i like the world and i like the art style and i like i like the guns i like how those feel um but yeah i just want to give it its due I think uh, Oren is currently cringing. He's like, Aaron's fucking talking about Prey again. Oh, does it, do you do this a lot? <laughs> I guess I do. Uh, I, I feel like he does the same, the same thing with Hitman. So I can talk okay. a little bit yeah, about Prey. Uh, all right, let's, let's talk about Subnautica Below Zero. Who's played this? Me. Not, not me. <laughs> I, I played yeah. a bit of it too. It's on yeah. Game Pass, so you could check it out. Uh, what do you think, Kev? I love it. I'm so happy there's not a Subnautica game. I knew that... I already probably was going to like it because I really love the first game. I think the first game is like a complete masterpiece and like one of the best open world games I've ever played. I, I'd say that without any any mm-hmm. uh, exaggeration. I mean it. And this game feels like it's like as high quality as the first game. Like I'm already enraptured by the world and it feels different enough from the first game to be like, oh, I'm totally going to like just it's like play this, drop everything else and play this right now. That's how I, that's how I felt yesterday playing on Xbox. So. How about just you? yesterday? Just yesterday. I just started right. playing it yesterday. <laughs> okay. So I'm already like that's a good six question. hours in. <laughs> oh, shit. Okay. I've played like three or four hours of the game. I, I restarted it on Xbox because it has cross-save. So I can yep. swap between my PC and my Xbox. And this revealed something rather interesting to me. Because you ask, how does it perform? Uh, well, it performs generally well. But I had a bug. I assume that made it that whenever I dipped above water, not when I went below water, my view distance would rapidly diminish to like a meter. <laughs> what? <laughs> and, yes. And then I, I was like, is this right? I don't remember the game looking like this because I'd already played a bit of it on PC. So I went and loaded it up on my computer and I'm like, oh, I can see a fucking 12 miles, you know, <laughs> like, like there, there's something wrong with it. Uh, but it like, and then I loaded it up again on the Xbox and it was there. And then it, and then I loaded it on my PC again. I went back and forth and finally it went away. But like, I don't know if it's a bug that's just for my game or if it's a bug that's with the game right now. It was very strange on P on Xbox. Otherwise the game's excellent on Xbox. Yeah. That that's Weird. the one problem. Like, and I was like, this can't be right. I'm, and it's only when I'm above water, but I'm looking around and all I see is just swirly fog. And I'm like, this is like a Nintendo 64 game. This is Weird. like Turok Turok. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I will say that the Unity engine is known for its limitations on uh, LOD and view distance. And like, as we all, if we played the first game, anyone who played the first game remembers swimming in this you know you look around it's just this horizon of water and you swim one direction suddenly this huge island pops out of nowhere so that was like apparently just a unity engine limitation so that sucks but i haven't seen that in this game yet um Hmm. i'm playing on xbox series s and it seems to perform around 60 fps pretty good i noticed that when i go to the base for some reason it seems to dip like right before i like get in there but i don't i'm not shooting stuff and it's not like it's really bad so it's it's been fine yeah yeah, it's probably just like streaming, just like bringing in the level or whatever. Yeah. I don't know. Yep. So it's its performance has been 
very adequate. And the cross save is the shit. I love that. Xbox oh Play Anywhere. Yeah. Good. More games need that. That is like, it's a feature that I've only experienced in a small number of games, but like the ability to switch between my computer, which is in my office, and my TV, which is on the other side of the apartment, and, and is kind of a different gaming experience is just really profound yeah, for me. It's amazing. I love it. Would y'all recommend controller over mouse and keyboard? No. No, okay. <laughs> but it's very playable. They did a really good job because the the UI in the first game and the second game fundamentally feels like it was designed for a mouse and keyboard, but they've done a very okay. good job of making the UI elements accessible in a way that makes sense with the controller. Like, it does not feel bad at the controller at all. Yeah. But, I mean, mouse and keyboard is just, I don't know, it just is really smooth and really easy for that game. Yeah. Um it also comes to life on a 34-inch ultra-wide that's just like a foot and a half from your face. You're just like, whoa, I'm there. Uh, yes, and the console version, you can change your FOV. If you care about that, whoa. which I do, you can change the FOV on the console. Yes, that's yeah. unheard awesome. of. I know. I know. It's, it's amazing. Um, and the, I just want to say like, the game is gorgeous. Like It's amazing. The world is like... I mean, I, I've said this before, and I'll say it again. The exploration is as good as any other contender for the best exploration, like Breath of the Wild, you know. Elder Scrolls games, whatever. Like the exploration is so good. There's just so much mystery. The music is amazing. It's such an immersive game. Like I would love to play it in VR because it would be terrifying <laughs> and also amazing. I can't imagine I should do that with my Oculus. So <laughs> is that possible? Yeah. What's up, Zach? Um. So I've kind of been. Um, not skeptical, but like uh, hesitant to play the first one because mm-hmm. I, I don't play survival games. Like that kind of thing isn't my bag. Like, do you think it's not like as big of a deal or like I could, it's like easy to get over or like, do you need to be into those kind of systems? You don't need to be into those kind of systems. In fact, okay. you can turn off the hunger what? mechanics. <laughs> I know <laughs> it's like, it's like, you know, how in um, Dishonored, you can change your difficulty. Like you can, you can turn yeah. off features that you don't want. You can turn it off, so you don't have to even have that. You can play it strictly as an open-world game without the struggle mm-hmm. features. Hell yeah. And you can still right. build and stuff, too. And if yeah, you ever yeah. play Natural Selection, you know, the old mod for Gold Did, SRC or, <laughs> yeah. or Natural Selection 2, the same developer. It even takes place in the same universe as Natural Selection. So, oh really? my God. What the fuck? Yeah, the Altera Corporation was like the corporation that was in uh, Natural Selection 2. And, uh, yeah, that's the that's you work for in this game. So, yeah. Wait, what uh, does that have to do with the <laughs> with the gameplay? Wait, what? Nothing to the gameplay, but it's just the same developer. Oh, okay. So like Good. they have a they have a history of making unique and cool games because like gotcha. you know, natural selection was like a real time strategy slash PvP asymmetrical. Yeah, it's just a really cool thing. So this is also there's nothing like Subnautica. Nothing. Okay. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I I would say like like to to that question like this is like a transcendent survival game like all the shit that you think of with survival games that's annoying is more or less yeah. streamlined or avoidable here and like everything that's like hinted at but not delivered in other survival games is like this game like kevin said one of the best exploration games i've ever played uh incredible setting it's it's yeah. it sort of fulfills the pitch that no man's sky initially had obviously you can't go to different planets all underwater but it's like that idea of like a fully realized magical world that is just at your fingertips and you can just explore every nook and cranny uh this this is one of the best versions of that kind of experience yeah yeah 
And it has none of the, like, I don't know if you've played uh, No Man's Sky, but I remember a friend of mine basically said, like, you know, I wish the game was about space, and I feel like all I'm doing is sitting down with a laser gun going on rocks. And, like, <laughs> yeah, that, yeah. Is, that is fundamentally that game. And this game has none of that. So, yeah. Well, this just shot up to higher on my list. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> Um, yeah. I think the new setting with the ice and stuff is really cool. Like, I, some of those underwater ice caves I've already been through are like, holy shit, this is totally different than the first game. Like, I can see why they, they chose this setting. Like, I'm interested. I'm interested in this. To quote Alucard. Are so, there walruses? I've seen penguins. They're not quite uh, normal penguins. They're like weird alien penguins. But you can pick them space up. Space penguin. You can pick them up and the mom doesn't get mad at you like in Mario 64. Oh, oh cool. yeah. <laughs> okay, so one question, Kevin. Yes. One thing that is different about this game is that you have a voiced protagonist and I would say a more overt, possibly linear narrative. Do you think that that is working in the game's benefit or what do you think about that? So my like initial intuition with that is always that it's going to be bad <laughs> because I just don't, I don't think that it is a bad thing like by itself, but I often find that the way that's applied in games, I find it to be limiting, but it limits the gameplay sometimes. I just, I find it frustrating. So I think in this game, it hasn't bothered me at all. Like, the game has a, a larger introduction than the first game, but not by that much. And and the character seems interesting, and I they, they, she seems to have a reason other than just survival. Like, the f- character of the first game only was just trying to, like, survive. It's different. I don't know. I, I think it works so far from what I've seen. I haven't seen a lot of it. And it seems like it's very optional. It doesn't feel like it's very forced. So And she's not constantly blathering at the guy from Hades. Like, she's not constantly saying lines every time I do anything. So, that's good. <laughs> no hate right. towards Hades, but I just didn't like that about Hades. Hades is a Do you think uh, people like Zach who haven't experienced Subnautica should go with this game or the original? I think Both you can't go wrong Pass. with either from what I've played. The first game is, a, is I, I literally don't say this like I said, like, it's a masterpiece. I think it is. This game, I would not be surprised if it is either from what I've played. It seems very high quality. So, what do you think? Would you recommend it? Over the, over the first game? I haven't played enough to really have a, a solid perspective on that yet, I guess. I do think the first game... I mean, the first game was both of us. It was like a game of the generation, game of the decade yeah, game. Uh, so, I mean, is hard it different to enough to not just be like an expansion pack? It almost is an expansion pack, but it's like a high-quality one. It's like a yes. fleshed out, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know. It might be more like its own game. I, I haven't, like I said, I've only played six hours, and a lot of it's been the kind of thing that Aaron was talking about where you have your safe place and you go out and you kind of like get a little further and grab more resources and come back. Right. That kind of stuff. Like it's, it's, you're underwater, so it's extremely hostile, you know? Like it's very like going, going deep is dangerous because you can't breathe that long stuff. So it's just been a, I don't know. I think it starts off a little slowly. They both kind of do, though. But I kind of like that. What do you, like, right? What, Aaron? Aaron's making uh, grimaces over here. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's unrelated. Um, I, I, okay. I like the, the new world is more, like, overtly designed. Um, yeah, it does seem to be. It, 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 feel, it feels like, like it's maybe a little better designed, although the old world was really quite exceptionally designed. Amazing. But this feels like, like, like they learned some lessons from that. I, I don't know. It's hard to say, like, which one I would recommend. Um, I, I think next you time. can't go wrong. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, okay. Well, uh, Kevin Johnson, you've been playing this hyper anime 
Uh, Tales of Arise. Tell Dude. us about it. That game sold 3 million copies already. What? Wow, what? really? Oh my god, yeah. that's crazy. Jeez. Uh, that That's a lot. Um, it makes sense. It's it's excellent. Um, it's hyper anime. I, I think I think hyper anime is an understatement. It's it's mega hyper ultra anime. But uh, I don't think that's a bad thing. Uh, I I like it here. Uh, I like anime in my games. Um, but that's actually the very first note I have in my notes on here. It says super anime. Uh, but <laughs> but I dig it. Uh, um, I think this game is great. It, this is only the second Tales game that I've played. Uh, it's a long-running series. I have some pretty hardcore uh, fans and a really dedicated following. But the only other Tales game I played uh, is the game that came out right before this one, Tales of Berseria. Um, which I didn't beat, uh, but I logged like 40 hours into it. So I, I put some, you know, decent amount of time into that one. Um, I think, first and foremost, the biggest difference between Tales of Arise and Tales of Berseria is a pretty key change to the combat. Uh, I think it was a needed change and a very good change. Uh, so in the Tales combat, you use uh, the special attacks called your arts. Uh, it's kind of like your big damage dealing um, attacks. Uh, it's how you chain combos together. In Tales of Berseria, in order to refill your arts gauge, uh, or not gauge, you have like four bubbles that you need to fill. Uh, certain moves take a certain number of bubbles to execute. Uh, you had to perform specific actions within the combat for the enemies to kind of spit out this orb, uh, which we'd then go have to pick up to refill your gauge. Um, it was kind of frustrating because like once your gauge is empty, you're kind of running around uh, or just auto-attacking, waiting for another orb to get spit out. Uh, they've done away with that altogether. Now your uh, arts gauge or your arts uh, uh, bubbles just kind of fill on their own over time, um, which is really nice. It allows you to pull off like way, way bigger combos. Uh, it's much easier to pull off the combos and it's just more fun in general. Uh, there's less downtime in the combat. Uh, there's always this thing in Tales of Berseria where, like, the the enemy would spit out an orb and then all of your ally NPCs would go and rush and try and pick that orb up. <laughs> it's like, no, wait, stop. Like, I need that to continue this specific combo that I'm working on. So they got rid of that, which is great. Um, it makes the combat way more streamlined. The combat is really, really flashy here. Um, it's really, really fun and super, super super anime again um it looks like you're watching an episode of dragon ball z or something in some of the like the the cutscenes within the combat um the fights always look really really fun and exciting and uh the combos are really fun to pull off i mean you can get crazy you know 50 60 hit combos uh by chaining attacks between all of the members of your party hmm um, which you can control each member of your party individually if you choose to. You can kind of hop through or hop between characters in real time during the combat, and they all play differently from one another. Um, I use mostly just the main character, Alfin, uh, since he's the melee guy. Uh, pulling off those melee combats or combos just just feels a lot more natural to me and more fun. But there's also like the white mage character, uh, uh, Sion. Uh, she uses like white mage healing abilities as well as guns and bombs which is pretty cool uh i have like a rogue character in my class or my party and i also have like a mage uh type character in my party um all of them are pretty fun but i mostly stick to alfin uh just because his his attacks feel real good um 
And man, there there are just like systems on top of systems on top of systems within the combat in this. I mean, you have your yeah. arts gauge that you need to fill. Uh, you have a boost gauge that you need to fill. Uh, once the boost gauge is filled, you can like perform special moves to chain the combos together. Uh, if you time the boost gauge right between your different characters, you can do like tag team moves. Um, then you go into like your overdrive mode as well, where like you don't use arts as a resource or there's no resource for casting art abilities you can just kind of spam them and then if you time a button press just right you do your hyper ultra ability um it, it's crazy it's really deep in the combat um and i'm only about 15 hours in uh they will probably continue to lay more mechanics on me yeah, I was going to ask, Are you? do you think you're through the tutorial yet? Because I remember so, <laughs> when you were playing Xenoblade Chronicles, uh, yeah, you said it was yeah. like a 20-hour tutorial or something like so, that? Yeah, yeah. It was, like, it was like, I wouldn't say a tutorial, but it was like a, you know, 10-hour intro. Uh, intro to this game was about five hours long. Uh, you don't see the opening title sequence until you're about five hours into the story. Mm. Um, I'm 15, and I started playing the game yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> so I think that might be a testament how how good this game is, yeah, uh, and how uh, you know gripping and captivating it is. Um, I first see this being another long haul uh, JRPG. I mean, I just wrapped up uh, Yakuza Dragon. I didn't hundred percent it like I wanted to, but you know mm. I put like seventy eighty hours in that game. Uh, this is probably going to be the next one of those for me. Um, especially just because the combat's so good. Like, as I mm -hmm. go into a new area, I am literally taking out every group of enemy, the enemies that I can see because uh, I'm just You're enjoying just the combat so much. genociding so the little anime characters? Yeah, yeah, you know, the <laughs> kawaii little, like, wolves and, and stuff like that. Um, no, it's... It's a it's, question. It's, yeah, yeah. Um, so uh, one thing I wanted to make a quick uh, fix, it's actually one million copies, not... not Three million. One million. Okay. 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 But, uh, that there's makes been sense. seventeen Failed. main line of these games. Seventeen yeah. Tales games. Um. So what? Yeah. The the game you is said seventeen me, games. Seventeen mainline games. So this this one this this is the fine the first time they're saying it's hit hit the mainstream. It's just cool. For oh us. wow! Congratulations, Tales. Um, Kevin, it reminded me a little bit of Final Fantasy fifteen, and maybe even a little bit of. Uh, the other action JRPG game that I'm not thinking of, but do you think it's similar to that, or would you compare it what? to that? Or feels a little more active than Final Fantasy active? 15 in its combat. Hmm. Yeah, uh, Final FF7 Fantasy is what I want to compare it to. Mm. Yeah, even a little more active than FF7, I would say as well. Okay. I, I beat both 15 and the 7 remake, and I think uh, Tales of Arise is it's the combos feel like they have a little more weight to them also because they're much easier they're also way easier to pull off i think just in general uh so it just kind of keeps you coming back and, and wanting to see how big of a combo you can really pull off um 15 like the the only character i felt felt super active to play in 15 was promptil uh when it becomes kind of like a shooter uh, you know mm -hmm. uh this game feels active in like the sense that like it's not a weighty kind of I almost Dark Souls, but more it feels kind of more like a fighting game in some ways, uh, in hmm. how you time the combos and chain things together. It doesn't have crazy inputs by any means. I mean, each art ability is uh, tied to either Y, B, or A, and you just press that one button and you hit the art ability. Uh, but you gotta kind of splice in your uh, normal attacks in between that because they don't cost resources to use. 
Uh, so while well, the whole point is trying to keep that combo number up because the higher it gets, the higher your boost rate or the more rapidly your boost gauge fills uh, and the more rapidly your kind of like limit break uh, gauge fills as well. Uh, so you kind of have to be constantly on top of your uh, on top of your shit here uh, just to push that gauge up because like the the window uh where the combat will stop is really really short i mean it seems like a second and if you're hmm. not constantly changing be not changing but like commanding your other characters and hitting your moves in the right time you're gonna lose that gauge really quickly and then you're just gonna do like almost no damage at all because the damage is really based on some of these big special attacks that you do hmm. so um it's good i i'm really enjoying it um it is. It's super anime. It's so anime that the so first <laughs> no, no, get this. It's so anime that the first cosmetics that you get to put on your characters are cat ears. Oh, um, yeah. So, so I have cat ears on one of my characters. I have dog ears on another. Bunny ears on another, and all of the associated tails uh, for each <laughs> one of those ear sets to go along with it. Uh, so. <laughs> It's pretty funny. I mean, gathering the cosmetics is actually pretty fun. You gotta find these little owls throughout the world to uh, get the new cosmetic items. But there's also skills that are tied into it, like the more owls that you find. Uh, there's one trait that, like, for your mage, the more owls you find, the more elemental damage you'll do. So there's actually, you know, a point beyond the cosmetics to, to seeking those hmm. out. Um, it's it's pretty good. There's, there's a lot going on here. I don't think I could really sit down and <laughs> explain everything, because it's so systems heavy both in and out of the combat you know in terms yeah. of like cure points and eating meals and resting and building relationships but it's all there it's crazy what about them graphics i, I like the graphics i think they, they look, look no they look great it's it's <laughs> yeah, very very amazing. high quality uh, um yeah. yeah they look really really good i mean it's kind of that kind of cell shaded type of look um, you really feel like you are playing an anime for sure. That's what I wanted to ask. Um, does it feel yeah. like you're playing an anime? So absolutely, it does. That's kind of yeah, what you want, absolutely. right? Out of like a JRPG these days, you want to feel like you're deep in the anime. Especially for Tales, right? I yeah. mean, Tales of Berseria was very similar in its art style and presentation. I mean, you were playing an anime, but I think the the fidelity of this game, especially on the Series X at the 4K and high frame rate. Um, you, you're definitely right in, right in all the anime, for sure. It's cool. It looks great. Um, it runs great too, uh, solid frame rate. Uh, on the Series X, you can choose between, uh, prioritize frame rate or prioritize, uh, resolution. Mm -hmm. I went the frame rate route and it still looks amazing. I mean, it's super tech sharp. Um, it, it looks and runs wonderfully. That's Is the, it on the joy. PC? It yeah. is on PC. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's on everything. Have I? Do I need to play the other sixteen or absolutely just fifteen? <laughs> uh, there's a demo too, right? Is the demo on PC demo. also? I don't know. I, the demo's on Xbox. I know that much. Uh, but each each game is its own standalone thing. Oh, kind of like it's Final like a Final Fantasy. Fantasy. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Beautiful. Yeah. There's a demo on Steam. You could you could <laughs> try it for free. Um, I tried it and it was immediately obvious to me that it was uh, extremely anime. That was, <laughs> I was like, "Whoa, yes. this is!" I knew this was going to be anime, but it like it 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 hit me in the face with how anime it was. Uh, but it seems cool. Well, that that game sounds awesome. Uh, I guess one other game we should talk about this week, really quickly. I tried Sable, uh, which I like. It oh is kind yeah. Of a, 
I just will say I haven't played just a little bit of it. Did you play any of it, Zach? I, I we talked about it uh, the E three the demo um, yeah demo yeah the demo I, I know you were a little skeptical of it. How do you feel about it now? Uh, I think it's good. Like I I think I, I like I, I've only played like an hour and a half of it. It's on uh, Game Pass for those of those of uh, us that we're gonna stop being Game Pass publicity uh, <laughs> people at some point, but. Anyway. Yeah, you know, it's funny. I have 700 Steam games, and somehow I've gone over to Xbox and Game Pass. I don't know what happened. That's that's a conversation worth having. Why why does <laughs> yeah. it, why does the 200 games in Game Pass entice me more than the 700 I have on Steam? But um, one word of warning: it, it it is really bad on Xbox right now. Uh, I think it needs a patch. Like I would recommend not playing it on Xbox until there's a patch because there's some like it hitches like every four seconds. It pauses for like Ooh. a half second. Yeah which is just not good. So I, I'm sure they can fix it. I, 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 you know, it's, it's a small team. So like, I don't hold it against them, but I, I think yeah. uh, I'd recommend just holding off. However, if you have it on PC, it, it's very nice So you, you need to cap this game at 60 frames per second too. I guess that's just a theme this month. Um, yeah. Other, <laughs> otherwise it has that problem, but, but it's so far, I like it a lot. I think it's like a very good uh, meditative sort of open world game. That's, combat less yeah like i i want a breath of the wild that's 20 hours that sounds cool to me (laughs) without the combat yeah i think that's basically what you're gonna get it it even has the same kind of climbing mechanic from breath of the wild yeah right and like the glider which is your magic ball uh force field and and yeah instead of a horse you got a fucking anakin's uh sand glider or whatever yeah, not quite as fast. Uh, I wish. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> maybe maybe you'll get a faster one later. But uh, that's I, cool, I do though. dig it. Yeah, that sounds that sounds like a good game. I, I should try it. Yeah, no, I I I heartily recommend it unless you're on Xbox. Just wait until there's a patch. Like it's it's so, and I've seen everybody else is having this problem too. It's so it's it's like I don't think that makes a good first impression. But once that's fixed, I think uh, it'll be pretty special. Um, all right. Well. Let's get into recommendations, guys. Uh, Kevin, what, you, you, you got a double rec? What's going on here? Mr. Johnson. You witch can't Kevin. do that. <laughs> it's always yeah. the witch Kevin. That's always, that's always a <laughs> I might even have a triple rec, honestly. Oh, shit. Oh, um, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. So lock in, lock in, dudes. And you get a plug. Um, so that's like four recs. That's, and that's, I got a plug. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, you might be hey, exhausting man. your bed with no. Uh, let's let's hear it. <laughs> uh, first up, first wreck is Malignant, uh, that new horror movie that just came out uh, a couple of weeks ago by uh, James Wan. I think as the name is, he's the guy that did uh, the Conjuring movies as well as Saw. Um, <laughs> yeah, I recommend you guys go check this thing out. It's on HBO Max right now. Mm. Um, it's way different than his other movies for sure. Um, it has a almost borderline kind of like B horror movie twist uh, towards the end of it. Um, the whole thing is just kind of a thrill ride. Uh, definitely not not super super creepy, uh, but I think as far as horror storytelling, um, it does a really good job of kind of leading the viewer on uh, to the to the big twist in the end. So I recommend that one for sure. Uh, the next one I have is another horror movie. It is called The Special. Uh, this is a modern horror movie. I think it came out in 2020 or 2019, uh, but it is very much in the style of old uh, B horror movies. Um, it's 
it's a weird one for sure. It's about a guy that uh, goes to a establishment where he can indulge in the flesh, and he orders this thing called the special, which is a box that he does things with, um, and ultimately does things to him back. In a what way things does he do really, to the box, Kevin? Really <laughs> well, you know, we're all adults here. We we know what what one can do with a box with a little hole in it. Oh, put uh, it under your bed and forget about it. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, yeah, exactly. Put coins uh, but, into it to save yeah, for yeah. later. Yeah, or, you know, demonic sex monsters, uh, no. which is kind of the case of this, this flick. Uh, but that movie's Ooh. fantastic. Um, free on Amazon Prime. I just kind of randomly found it. Uh, really, really enjoyed it. And then the last one, really, really quick, is a uh, new, uh, not a new death metal album, but a death metal album out in 2019 by the band Memoriam. Uh, the name oh. of this album is called Requiem for Mankind. Uh, Kev, I think I shot you a track off of this one the other day. Really good, kind of groovy, old school death metal. Um, I recommend checking that thing out. Sweet. Oh, yes. All right. That was good. I liked that. Good. All right. Yeah. Yes. Real old school, groovy, kind of Floridian almost death metal. It's good stuff. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, and you got a plug to do, too? I do have a plug. Yeah. What are you so plugging? Up. All right. All right. Uh, plug away here. Um, so I started a new YouTube, uh, video podcast, uh, called Push to Talk. Um, it's basically just me sitting down in front of the camera and going over, uh, pro wrestling. Um, you know, I've been doing, I, I don't cover WWE cause I don't like WWE. It's not worth my time. Uh, but I cover New Japan Pro Wrestling and I cover All Elite Wrestling. Um, I've been doing recaps on the New Japan uh, G1 tournament, as well as episodes of AEW uh, Dynamite and Rampage, and as well as putting up some kind of like analysis videos uh, on pro wrestling as a whole. Um, I just put out one the other night that I'm pretty uh, pretty proud of. Um, it's discussing you know the possibility of us entering the next big wrestling boom period. Uh, mm -hmm. So I recommend checking that one out and stay tuned. So far, I've been uploading uh, three or four videos a week. Um, Whoa! Having fun with it. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll leave a link to your uh, YouTube channel in the description. Um, Zach, do, do you have any uh, recs this week? I do. I do have some recs. Um, one, Disco Elysium. I just played it. Fucking amazing. But apparently y'all are going to have an episode, so I won't speak on it further. Number two, American Psycho. Just rewatched it yesterday. Funny ass movie. I love that movie. <laughs> Rich people are evil. Uh, <laughs> rewatch that movie. Um, do you like Huey Lewis in the news? Do you like Huey Lewis in the news? I mean, just mm. a man describing his love of Whitney Houston as two women make out and strip naked for him, and he's about to torture them. It's like. What more could you ask for from a film? I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, it's oh, that movie's so good. It, it's weird. So, I've read the book, which is like yeah, kind of a different creature. Um, and it is it as I, funny? I don't know if like that would even come across in a book. Oh, it's funny. Uh, no, I mean okay. like uh, Brett Easton Ellis's books are all have this very like strange sardonic sense of humor that, that like comes across in the movie, but it's a little different. But the book is like graphic as fuck like when he, he, oh, he goes okay. into like page long details about the murders that he commits in yeah. the same way that he goes into page long details about like 
the perfume that somebody's wearing or the brand of glasses or the clothing that people are like the book's all about like Patrick Bateman cataloging stuff and how he's kind of like a boring weirdo is just obsessed with cataloging cat, uh, huh. cataloging shit yeah and like describing it um but it's a different creature but it's it's worth a read if you can stomach the rough yeah. parts so yeah then you can tell then that it was directed by a woman because she knows that just just showing mm-hmm. gruesome womanly death is like not important <laughs> right like they're dead al- that's fine yeah i almost think that the movie is better than the book which is strange yeah. to say because because of for that very reason like i think it sort of like gets rid of the parts that just were like shocking and not not helpful and like captures what made the book good like it's one of those rare cases where like the director got what the author was doing and then sort of like edited edited it yeah to a better spot yeah hell yeah well i don't have to read the book sweet yeah no i don't think you do (laughs) (laughs) uh but uh also you have a youtube channel which uh i will link in the show notes but uh please plug i mean oh i mean i haven't made a like a video essay in a while i made um so for shrek fest uh the festival that celebrates shrek every year in madison wisconsin united states um they did it online so i submitted a short film that me and my friend and my cousin made and it's like twin peaks inspired and it's like sort of a comedy horror like just it's like three minutes it's just like a weird fucked up thing you'll watch it you'll see Maybe. You don't have to watch it. It's fun. <laughs> that's yeah. No, I watched it. it. It was fun. Um that's all right. And where can we find you on oh, Twitter? You. You're you're at your Twitter? I guess I'll just I'll put the Twitter handle in the description. Don't worry about it, you guys. Uh oh, all right. Okay. Thanks. Uh, um Kevin McNair, do you have a, a recommendation this week? I do. Uh I think we may have mentioned it in the pod. I'm not sure if we did, but uh Fire in the Sky. Uh, Aaron, oh, fire in the sky. Aaron had told me that he he and my sister watched it when they were young. This has been 1993, probably. So you would have been young, young children. Um, yeah. And they scared them. And I was like, oh, I have to watch this. This is like a, a 90s movie about aliens that's got some horror element that I have to. I have. So you were saying you thought it would be horrible. Um, there's a lot of so it's a mixed recommendation the scenes with the alien are so well done and they've aged so well that i was very surprised i was like this is tense and kind of creepy and all the other scenes in the movie with like the rest of the characters talking about their story is like this kind of just dumb drama that really just should have been like cut down to like a third of it if the movie would just had a third of the drama stuff it would have been actually probably a really good movie because i think the alien scenes are so imaginative and visually just like it does look like another world and also i think the matrix took some influence from the alien scene in that movie because it looks very visually very similar all practical effects so i will say it's a mixed recommendation but if you can stomach the kind of over silly drama scenes the alien scene is is worth watching for that maybe just watch the alien scene on on the internet okay (laughs) yeah (laughs) Watch the, the curated YouTube version of it. Maybe there could be could, like a cut. Yeah, do a fan edit, Kevin. Yeah, mm-hmm. okay. Maybe I'll do that. Because I think some of the scenes, like in the beginning, when they see... It definitely feels like an X-Files episode in a lot of ah. ways. And it stars Robert Patrick, uh, Terminator 2, the liquid metal guy. And it's funny because I didn't even recognize him because he's this kind of like, you know, blue collar worker with longer hair. He just did not look at all like the co- liquid metal cop from Terminator. I didn't even... Yeah, yeah. It's just, it was funny how different he looks. Um, he's in X-Files too, right? Am I thinking of the so same guy? Yeah. The reason he he's in of... X-Files is because of this movie. Chris Carter loved his oh. performance in this movie and put him in X-Files. <laughs> yeah. 
So there's some relation there, for sure. Uh, X-Files is better, though. But if you like X-Files, maybe check it out. I'll, I'm definitely going to recommend this to my friend. He likes Aliens and X-Files. And, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. This is peak, like, you know, uh, so, Unsolved Mysteries, X-Files era. The one other element to it and the reason it has all that drama stuff is because it's it's about a book written by a guy. This really happened. Like, not the alien part, per se. but It's a true story. It. No, the alien it's happened, the, It's too. a true story, yeah. So they, <laughs> they, a bunch of guys went up to a place, and then they they came back with one less. And, you know, everyone in the town thought they murdered, people, murdered the guy. But, you know, what happened? Oh, we don't know. So the movie takes a position that it did happen the way he told it. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, based on a true story, just like Fargo. Yeah. Um, and the X-Files, by the way. That's Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> that's what scared the shit out of me when I was a kid, because it was like, this is based after a true story. And the like, alien scenes are horrific. Um, if I had seen those alien scenes when I was a kid, I would have been terrified of them, too. Oh, my God. Yeah. Because uh, Especially- it's all practical effects, and it's, you know, it's got some kind of alien-y, torture-y kind of thing going on. You know, it's, it's a bit... It's a yeah, bit, they're not nice. They're not hanging out. They're not playing Parcheesi. And the, but the way the scene plays out is very classic horror it's a lot of tension building up it's weird it's mysterious and then it gets bad so yeah all right uh my recommendation is uh danny o'dyer danny o'dwyer's no clip youtube channel just put out a hour-long documentary on the making and sort of post-mortem of prey wow uh, bringing up prey again are you kidding? yeah i know <laughs> I, I'm, I'm actually doing this to piss off Oren in his absence when he's so, listening back to this he's like god damn it he's gonna be like Aaron brought come on he's brought up hitman 3 like i think 780 times so yeah. and i love hitman 3 but uh yeah so the prey documentary really really high quality yeah maybe like my favorite thing that that, that channel has done so far because it's like it feels more earnest and in depth and sort of reflective than a lot of them um it's really good. I, I recommend it. I also recommend Prey, but uh, I think I've recommended that before. Uh, check it out. It'll be linked in the show notes. And uh, yeah, Zach, man, thank you so much for coming. Sorry about the, uh, the previous kerfuffle. We love having you. No, um, you're good. <laughs> uh, Kevin, thanks for joining us again. Super excited about your new project. We, we are going to be listening, and I hope uh, viewers will check you out. Thank you. Yeah, definitely, man. Should say listeners. I don't know who's viewing this podcast, but uh, we're viewing the podcast in real time. But nobody else is able to. Uh, Did you say viewers? All right. I said viewers, uh, oh, but okay. I meant listeners. Uh, all right, that's that's the pod, guys. Thank you so much, and uh, we'll be back in a few weeks, hopefully with Oren. Oren, we love you, buddy. Madden, as always, we love you more than anyone uh, for that <laughs> awesome track you made for us, and for the uh, for the consistent uh, feedback you give us. We appreciate it. So, all right, we're out of here. Peace.